is the main satellite. The main satellite. You motherfuckers hear that? The main satellite. Welcome to the main satellite. The main satellite, I am Tamarcus. And y'all already know who I have with me. Brody. 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 Goldsboro, <laughs> North Carolina. A couple of goals brilliant. I see here. Ready. 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 Welcome, bike. Yeah, Your yeah. <laughs> the main, <laughs> the main satellite. How you feeling today, God? No, I feel pretty good. How about you? I feel as good as I'm a field, brother. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving was was good. Thanksgiving was Thanksgiving was fantastic, man. Um, a lot of family, all family, loads and loads of food. Yo, um, this is not gonna be a surprise to you of all people, and probably not much of a surprise to anyone who knows us, me or people who don't know us, but I put on two pounds. <laughs> I put on two pounds, man, and I really did expect to come back here with three, four pounds, man, but I ate, I ate well. What, what about you? How was your Thanksgiving, guy? It was good. I, mm -hmm. I ate well. Also, um, mm -hmm. my niece made a spread. I, mm -hmm. I didn't know she could throw down like that, but <laughs> she threw down, man. I, that was a surprise to all of us. We, mm -hmm. we didn't know, you know, mm -hmm. she's made a, a couple of dishes here and there, but she made a full spread this Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and it was delicious. And, you know, I saw it, pictures <laughs> of it and um, uh, it looked really good. Like she got in there and really did. So she put in some white as they say, mm -hmm. she did something with that boy, you know, <laughs> um, I wish I had a car that was operational because I would have been with all of my family. I would have been with mm -hmm. uh, my family in Goldsboro and my family here in Winston where you, uh, me, and Essence were. And mm -hmm. uh, it just looked so good, man. I was just... <laughs> Next year, I do something... Because normally we spend, we find a way to spend Thanksgiving together with all mm -hmm. of our family, you know. Yeah. But this year, uh, there was a coronavirus situation going on. I thought I was positive, ended up being negative. By the time when I was leaving Winston, you were coming up to Winston. But next year, we're going to do what we normally do. We'll find time to get our family, all of our family together and eat yeah. and laugh. And get back to what it used to be. Get back to what it used to be. Pass <laughs> the peace like it used to do. <laughs> but... Yeah, man, my sister did the majority, Kilo did the majority of the cooking, yo, and my God, it was so much. My mama did quite a bit of cooking. My sister did the majority of the cooking this year, and, you know, my God, I mean, you already know <laughs> what Black, what our family does and what Black families in particular do, and I just, I'm still eating today. I ate the <laughs> last of what I brought up, brought home with me. Today, man, it was some oxtails. Mm. Oxtails, yo. Oh my God. Oxtails. I had some everything. Yes, we did. I had the last because you know, before I left Goldsboro, mama had to pack me and George, my brother George, our brother George, a couple of massive plates. 
So I came back here with oxtails, yellow rice, homemade cornbread, and um, I don't normally eat them. A, I don't eat them a lot, but uh, uh, lima beans. And I had that, man. And and I cracked open a beer. And you better believe it was butter, baby. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you had a great Thanksgiving, God. I am. You deserved yeah. it. We all deserved. Those of us who are still here, man. Everything has gone on over, over the last year, really the last couple of years for us in particular. We deserved it. So it was a, I'm glad it was a good day. And as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, uh, Thanksgiving is still going on now. And it's going to go on until the first of the year. That's when things will be back to normal for me. But I intend to enjoy thoroughly this holiday season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything, uh, was there anything you had that was particularly um, outstanding to you? that you were like wait a minute now hold on <laughs> pretty much everything she made um mm-hmm. but i say if i had to just pick one uh the mac and cheese um mm-hmm. that was a, a huge surprise and, and her just roasting the turkey and you know adding flavor to it and all that i, I didn't i had no idea she knew how to cook knew how to mm-hmm. cook like that um dressing just like my mom's i i I had no idea, mm-hmm. but I was grateful. Mm-hmm. I know you were. Um, I would say any standouts, man. So, so normally I don't eat turkey. I normally mm-hmm. don't eat it at all. Um, I find a lot of times just the way that people cook it is not good to me. But the only person who can make turkey and the way that, way the two people who can make turkey in the way that I want it, and that is Mama mm-hmm. and Bay, my my aunt Bay. But my mama does this thing with the turkey with the she calls them like the flaps, the flaps, you know, <laughs> massive fucking flats, man. And she'll season it up in just just the right way and put some onions and pepper in and make sure to make her own gravy. And oh my God, it's so good, man. They're so tender and they taste so good. So I would say that and my sister's um uh oxtails, my God, boy, the motherfuckers, <laughs> man, what you know. My a combination of my sisters and mama and mama's oxtails, boy, those were the standouts for me. But of course, there was a potato salad that was really good, the baked macaroni mm-hmm. and cheese. My sister said, Tilo said, um, before we all sat down to eat, she said, before we all began to serve ourselves, she said, Well, I burned the macaroni and cheese a little bit, but nobody could understand what she meant by that because it was just, you know, you like it when it's a little bit crispy on top, boy, where you can feel going through it. You know, you like it creamy, <laughs> creamy in the middle, but crispy and melted on top, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was another, uh, oh, so I'm going to tell you this before we move into what we're going to do. We had, as you can imagine, everything. And the one thing we didn't have was, uh, take a wild guess. It was one of your favorites. Holiday. Green bean casserole. Yes, we didn't have any green <laughs> bean casserole. So I uh, had been feeling a little bit under the weather before I went, and I thought, I'm going to give it a go. I got it on um was it Pinterest and look for the, found the recipe, but I've been feeling in the weather. So I'm like, well, instead of cooking it, you're having a go at it. I'm just going to buy it. So I went to food line after I got my, you know, I was negative, COVID negative, And I bought two big containers of it, man. I took it home, Mark. And I put those containers in the microwave. No, I put them in the oven. Cause I put them in the oven, mama's crib. And then we all went over to Tilo's crib. And you know, only one person ate out of that 
because nobody <laughs> knew what it was the way that it was prepared not that it didn't look good but it didn't look mm -hmm. like what you might see when you look at a picture I was mm -hmm. the only person who ate out of it and I ate as much mm -hmm. as I could hold. Mark, people just going, my nephews and my brothers and my sister, and my mama and my mama's best friend just coasted around the kitchen. Everybody with their plates, you know, you know what it's like, <laughs> you know, preparing the things and everything. And I kept saying it out loud. I said, well, y'all know there's some green, this is like 15 people. Y'all know there's some green bean casserole over there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I went over there and dug into it when I came back to it for my second and my third helping of, of, of just loveliness. Nobody else had gotten into it, man. So for the next couple of days when I was there, I kept telling people, well, you know, if you want some leftovers, that green bean casseroles in there. Oh, thank you so much, Uncle Brody, for saying that. Thank you, baby. Thank you, knee baby. Thank you, brother. Nobody else ever dived into it. So it's probably still in my sister's refrigerator right now. And look, I only opened up one. I only peeled back the layer on one and nobody got mm. it. Mm. Okay, I said, well, next year then, I'm I'm, I'm just going to get one and that's going to be all for me because nobody else <laughs> wanted it. You know what I'm saying? It looked good, but it didn't look like, when you look it up online, what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. factory produced stuff, but um, I've been meaning to tell you that, man. But I damn sure ate my feel of it. It was delicious. It was good shit, man. It didn't taste like it didn't taste like mamas. It didn't taste like your mamas. But it was mm -hmm. it was passable. It was serviceable, as mm -hmm. they say. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have been wanting to. Um, I I wanted to tell you that, man. But I'm glad everything was good. I'm glad there were standouts. I'm glad everything was great. In essence, gave you a bit of a shock. So now she has made a grievous error because every year now, mm -hmm. <laughs> every year now. She's gonna be the go-to, which yeah. I'm sure will be will be pleasing to her. You know, I, I know she loves pleasing her family and, and, and feeding her family and everything, but that shit might get tired of after a while, man. <laughs> so y'all had a whole turkey. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Y'all do some damage to it, Mark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some some damage to it. You know, you know, I only I only ate white meat. Cause I only like white meat, turkey, <laughs> white meat, chicken, white meat, turkey, <laughs> white meat, poultry. Dear listeners, just white meat, poultry. Go on, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't, uh, uh, yeah, we did some damage to it. Good. It was delicious. Did you bring any of it back? Um, did you take it home with you? Yeah, I brought I took a big plate home and ate it the next day. I hear that. There's nothing <laughs> like it. Thanksgiving food, man, holiday food tastes. Pretty, it kind of tastes better the day mm -hmm. after, you yeah. know. I think for me, to me, it always tastes better because it almost feels like you're going against the rules. The actual holiday is over, but you still have a heaping hunk, uh, just teetering plate of loveliness. And you're mm -hmm. digging into it, man. I brought uh, as my, I brought two, three plates back here. I did, I did. So it was a great holiday. I'm glad you had a great holiday, though, brother. Everybody uh, had yeah. a great holiday. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You looking forward to Christmas? Eating on Christmas? Or are you going to do anything different on Christmas or what? Food wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of uh, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. Like, we'll have the 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 spread for Thanksgiving, and then like for Christmas, we'll have more finger finger type foods. You know, mm -hmm. little sandwiches and other little knickknacks like that. Mm -hmm. But you know, mm -hmm. homemade stuff. 
Um, sausage I, balls and stuff. Uh-huh, Motherfuckers don't I, know about sausage balls. But anyway, you know, don't. stuff like that. Or their uh, type stuff. I have been to 30 Christmases. or just about 30 Christmases at your crib and I know that's what y'all do I know that's what y'all do man we just do the same thing we did the year before we do or the month before we do it all over again we all try to mix it up Mark we didn't have any um we didn't have any ham there was no ham Mm -hmm. this year instead Mm -hmm. of a ham there was there wasn't a ham and there wasn't a whole turkey there were just turkey flats um Mm -hmm. and that and we had a uh Boston butt roast which was mm. really fucking good man mm. that was really good um but for christmas i think I, I'm, I'm gonna want to if i'm if i'm up to up to snuff up to scratch i think i wanted to do a duck because we've never had duck on like christmas before although mm. i've i've had duck but we've never done it so we might try to do something just a little different in terms of what the centerpiece meat might be man i looked for a duck this year and couldn't find mm. i couldn't find a single duck mm. yeah and normally at Food Lion, um, the, the Food Lion over here where I live, normally they keep they start stocking them around about maybe the 10th or 11th of October, but I couldn't find a single one. So, you know, um, it might be the same as what's going on with uh, wings and things like that, where it's sort of difficult to find. But on the whole, man, great fucking holiday. Fantastic holiday. Mm-hmm. And those of you who are listeners who had a great holiday, uh, good on you. You and yours. Good on you. It's been hmm. a- Tough couple years, yo. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Very tough, God. Very tough. Tougher for some than others. (laughs) Um what uh what will we be tackling on this day? As mama says, that's here now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um a couple things I want to mention before we get to the meat of what I want want to discuss. Um, I just want to mention um, a series on Netflix that I that I watched that few people I know watched. I uh, thought were, was pretty good. Uh, that uh, Kevin Hart, Wesley Snipes, uh, little mini series. Mm-hmm. I I I thought that was pretty good. I thought it was really good actually. Um, I remember when the preview first came out. I was interested then. And I was surprised to see that Kevin Hart had a, was doing like a more serious role. I know he mm-hmm. did like uh, something with um, what's my man name from um, Breaking Bad? I can't remember his name right now, but he did something Ryan, with him. Ryan uh, Cranston, I think so. Not uh, not the main guy. Yeah, the main guy. Yeah, Brian Brian or Byron Cranston or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he did. He did a movie w- with him that was. You know, it has uh, it had a, a serious tone to it. Um, I think he did well in that. Um, so I was um, happy to see that he was doing another role that, that had some seriousness to it. And of course, I was elated that he chose Wesley Snipes as his co-star. Um, Wesley has done some movies that that that's that's flown under the radar in the past few years, but um hopefully this will put him back on the map where he supposed to be um we all love wesley man like shit wesley need more roles man he does um, and, I, and i'm glad kevin hart uh 
paid his respects by choosing him to 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 play that role in that in that uh, miniseries, which turned out to be really good, man. It was so good, like you know, it had me talking back to the screen uh, during it, certain. Times, it was like man. that. It was like that. Yeah, yeah, man. I was dying laughing, motherfucking talking back to the screen and shit, and it was really good, man. It was good. I mean, I of course, you know, my critical um, taste, I would change a little bit. Um, but overall, it was great. It was it was awesome, especially to see Wesley doing his damn thing, man. He needs to be on the map where he belongs, where he's always belonged, and um, he's always been a Wesley Snipes. You know, when you hear him mentioned, I'm glad Kevin Hart did a great job too, and hopefully we'll see him. More, he'll be in more of these roles, but. You don't hear Wesley Snipes mentioned in the same breath as you hear Morgan Freeman, Denzel mm-hmm. Washington, Will Smith, you know, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman. You don't really hear him in, in terms of black men in Hollywood. You don't really hear him mentioned um, as Samuel Jackson, as the force he he, he is, as, he, as the force he actually is. That dude mm-hmm. is gifted. He can act his ass off. Damn, so can. Um, it can be in a serious role. It can be in a somewhat comedic role. It can be in voice work. Um, it can be in parody. It can be in campy. He can act. He can even pull off camp type roles, campy roles. Mm-hmm. He is a gifted actor, and I'm glad. I'm pretty sure Kevin Hart must have. I'm I'm assuming that Kevin Hart sort of handpicked him. Mm-hmm. And if and if he didn't handpick him, then he had a a great a great role in having him cast in that part. I and I'm glad he did that. Yeah, I am not the biggest Kevin Hart fan. I don't dislike him. Um, I don't find him funny. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never found him funny. It doesn't mean he's not funny. It just means that he's not my taste in comedy. Um, well, there actually was one series, one role I found really funny in, and that was a TV show that was on BT some years ago called Real Husbands of Hollywood. That shit was was really gold. It was golden. It was great. He was hilarious in it. Um, but, uh, I don't find him, he's not my taste comedically, but I am glad he's taking on roles that are quite serious and, um, that are, he can display that he's more than a funny man, you know, and I'm glad that he fingered, uh, 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 Wesley Snipes so he can be recognized again for the powerhouse he is mm-hmm. and he can get more roles. He belongs right up there with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Right up there with Tom Cruise, right mm-hmm. up there with The Rock, which, mm-hmm. you know, we like The Rock in these parts here, but he had, you know, he's yeah. not Denzel, Denzel Washington. So, but when that movie came out, uh, when we saw, I mean, I remember you sent me the trailer and it looked really interesting. And as a matter of fact, yesterday I was uh, coasting through Netflix and I saw that and I'm like, all right, I checkmarked it because I thought I'd, I, I know I set up a notification for it when it began to air, when it began to stream, I guess. But I never got back around to it. But I know what I'm doing with the rest of my day. You say it's good. And you have a critical eye. You have a great eye uh, for appreciation that I know it is worth. I know it's good. I know it's definitely worth the fucking watch. So that's what I'm going to do um, uh, with the rest of my day. I know that there was something else you wanted to mention. But there's a series that I wanted to mention that I started binging two days ago. And I finished it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's also on Netflix, and it's a uh, an animated series uh, called Super Crooks. Mm-hmm. 
Super Crooks, and it's based on a Mark Millar comic, which I've read already years ago and liked it all right. But um, the tele, the people who wrote the teleplays, the voice actors and actresses, they got a, a it is it's animated to look like anime, and uh, uh, they have. Japanese actors and actresses who are voicing the characters, so they have subtitles. And of course they have the voiceovers, but I never like watching things like that when the original is, is, is you know, another language. Anyway, it was very, very good. It's not the most serious thing in the world. If you have uh, the 12 episodes, I believe, and they're all like 22 minutes long, and it's really silly, and it's really inventive, and it's not the greatest thing you, it's not Castlevania, dear listeners. It is not Castlevania, but it is great fun. It's great entertainment. I recommend Super Crooks to anyone who has a little time on their hands. They want to experience something new in terms of animation. Yeah. 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 I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Check and I'm going to, I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off that tonight, man. It just completely slipped my mind until today when I was going through Netflix, looking for something else. I was looking for something else. Mm-hmm. To 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 binge, and the Kevin Hart uh, uh, series, Kevin Hart Wesley Snipes series popped up. So I know what I'm doing with the rest of my day. I just had to say that. Uh, yeah, and I just want to uh, go back to Wesley that um, and just express how talented I believe he is. Um, he could play a boss type character, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, Nino Brown and uh, what was that other movie um, where he was uh, a boss type character? He, his, his brother was Eddie Kane Jr. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of that movie right now, but he Sugar was Hill? like a, no, that yeah, was that's Sugar. it. Sugar, Sugar that was Hill? it, that was it, mm-hmm. Sugar Hill. And other movies he, he, he played like, you know, the top guy, the boss guy. He's been an action hero, you know what I mean? Um, Passage of 57, motherfucking um, US Marshals, Blade, um, all types of you know, action shit. Demolition Man, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and he's done you know black movies, Spike Lee movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was that? Uh, Jungle Fever. Jungle Fever. Um, I don't know, was, was do, Spike Lee Mo Better Blues? Mo Better Blues. That was Spike Lee. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Mo Better Blues and and mm-hmm. and and other 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 films, and he's he's starting uh, some some comedy type comedic comedic type type roles too. But he could be he could go from a boss to a sleazy motherfucker, a um a a, a um shady type character, which mm-hmm. he kind of he plays in this in this uh most recent um Kevin Hart series. Um, so that that's just a testament to his um, skill as an actor, man. And like you said, he needs to be mentioned whenever motherfuckers mention Tom Cruise and others. Because Wesley been doing it for a long motherfucking time, man. And it's time that everybody starts showing him a little bit more appreciation. That's right. That's right. I think, um, in fact, I know when he went to prison for which is a joke thinking about it now, but I think it was tax evasion. Yeah. I mean, it's an absolute joke now that you can have presidents who have gained a damn sight more than 
most people would, including Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, a celebrity, by evading, by dodging taxes, and then yeah, look, charged. this motherfucker has gone national TV during uh, presidential debates, and and they question him about his taxes and shit, and he's just like, it's whatever, it's yeah. whatever. I I I was able to. I mean, these, this ain't what he said verbatim, but pretty much he said, I was able to do that because I'm, I'm smart. Yeah. You know? Even though it's illegal. Yeah. I got away with murder. When he went to prison, that put a real damper on his career for tax evasion. Mm-hmm. And um, it took him a while. He was, Wesley Snipes was pretty shamed in Hollywood for some time. And then he started coming back in um, television roles. He might be on uh, some obscure BET movie of the week or Lifetime movie of the week. And then he started doing video, uh, movies that were or being in TV shows or series that were going straight to DVD. And then later on, he started mm-hmm. being on streaming platforms and things like that. I'm ready to see him on the silver screen again. I am. Yeah. He, he needs to be on the silver screen again where he belongs. He needs mm-hmm. to be mentioned uh with the pantheon of denzel and samuel and morgan and chadwick and Mm -hmm. and just all of these people when when the greats have mentioned when the greats have mentioned he's he needs to be one of them and for that to happen he needs to be i suspect that he needs to be on the silver screen so hopefully Mm -hmm. with this film hollywood will be knocking again and also man i just wanted to say what Kevin Hart, um, what I'm sure Kevin Hart did or has something to do with, because I know he has something to do with him being cast as that character in this in this television, this 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 series, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we need to be doing on a consistent basis. Yeah, black black powers yes. in Hollywood. Yes, we yep. need to be doing that. Whether you're at the forefront, you're in front of the camera, or behind the camera, or you are fronting these projects, or you are a screenwriter or a teleplay writer or a director or a producer, a scorer, a designer, or a stylist, whatever it is you do, if you have any degree of power, that's what needs to be happening. It needs to be, mm-hmm. it needs to occur consistently. That's what's mm-hmm. supposed to happen. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure Kevin Hart grew up watching Wesley Snipes, and mm-hmm. he's probably one of his. Uh, certainly, one of, if not one of his idols, then definitely one of his influences in terms of mm-hmm. how he goes about, you know, longevity and and acting and, and and the projects he chooses and picks and things like that. He selects. We need. I bet that was a great honor for him. I know it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Him and his. That needs to happen more consistently in Hollywood with us. Yeah. And I, it, it gives me a new respect for for Kevin Hart. I already. You know what I'm saying? I, I like Kevin Hart. I, I already respected him in Hollywood and, and all the things that he does. I think I think he's funny. It's just at one point he was just over. There was a bit more bit overexposure mm-hmm. with his comedy and stuff, but he's always always remained uh, funny mm-hmm. to me. Um, but it gave me an, a, a, even a, a better respect for him because he was able to to do that show his appreciation by choosing Wesley to uh, co-star with him. There are people who, black people who are actors and actresses who are very big and they're so big that they meet a point of overexposure, which is what went on with, as you mentioned, what went on with Wesley Snipes for a while. But then again, 
you know, well, I, I said Kev, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Hart, excuse me. Yeah. But also Wesley Snipes was overexposed at one time. He was in like three movies a year for a long time, you know. Yeah. But yeah. that's what comes with um, success. Uh, at one point in time, Tom Cruise is overexposed. At one point in time, uh, Brad Pitt was overexposed. At mm -hmm. one point in time, Julianne Moore was overexposed. Tom Hanks is the king of overexposure. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so whether it's Kevin Hart or or um, Wesley Snipes, that's what that's what are the prices of success? Yeah, you know um, that you can be a little bit watered down. Um, and that's sure enough what Wesley Snipes was at one point. At one point, he was in TV shows, movies, commercials. <laughs> he was in plays. Like, good for him. That's fantastic. You know, that's a mark of mm -hmm. success. But overexposure doesn't mean under-talented. Yeah. You know, it, it means, in fact, you are so fucking talented. You are so in demand that people can't get enough of you. It's what Will Smith has going on. Maybe a little mm -hmm. bit less now than what he had, say, five years ago. But still, it's one of those mm -hmm. things. Um, we need to back one another up more often, man. We, we do. Mm -hmm. And we need to be adamant about it. And we need to be aggressive with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely, man. Is there anything else you've watched before we move? Or anything else you want to mention in terms of entertainment? Yeah. Yeah, there's something, something else I want to mention. Um, um, <laughs> A couple shows I want to mention that that uh before I mention them, I, I want to say that there are a ton of shows that I like and I have an appreciation for. And this will be a four hour episode if I listed all of them. But um, two in particular I want to spend some time talking about are the Andy Griffith Show and um, the Golden Girls. Man. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> man um the andy griffith show uh growing up it was they would watch it at my grandmother's house a lot and i just as a child i didn't, I didn't get it i didn't understand it was black and white and i ain't have no interest in that shit but as an adult that shit is good man that shit i appreciate that shit that shit a lot of times we'll have tears welling up in your eyes, man. Mm -hmm. It teaches you, you know, <sighs> they talk about um, things that happen in real life and you can, you can relate to it, even though they're, they're, you know, they, they white people in a small town and Mayberry that's, you know, everything's is a, uh, could, could be rosy, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's life and life lessons and stuff um it's it's very it's touching and andy himself mm -hmm. <laughs> is slick as he a is. motherfucker he man is. that motherfucker <laughs> slick man yes yes damn he he <laughs> he has um he's just genial genial he has tact that is unmatched man yeah. He knows how he does. He, he, he's the type of person that won't embarrass you. You know, when you're being a fucking asshole, he'll find a way to get around to, to letting you know you being an asshole without saying that you being a fucking asshole. He, he's, he has a lot of tact, man. Yeah. And I, I like that. He's slick as hell. He is. Uh, Oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna make this 
okay, I got to comment on this. When I was growing up, Gramsci, my grandma, used to watch, um, and Bay and Mama, to, to an extent, used to watch the Andy Griffith Show. And I loved it as a kid because it felt, all the things you said I noticed, okay? But more, even more than that, it felt like comfort food to me. It felt mm -hmm. like comfort food. Watching the Andy Griffith Show, whatever your day was like, whatever my day was like as a child, which, you know, how bad it had been a lot of times as a child, no bills or anything like that. But, you know, I'm still a human being, you know? It was a bonding experience with my grandma and my aunt and my mama and my brothers and my sister. I remember George, my brother George, my brother Jamie and I were the ones who were most into it of the kids. We just loved it. We just loved it. Walk around the house whistling to tune and all of that, you know? But mm -hmm. it was like, it was like, like a, a nice warm bed a nice, soft, warm, just a really comfortable bed after a long day of backbreaking labor. I, I, it's just so comfortable. Um, beautiful show. I didn't watch the Andy Griffith show for years until I got to Winston, okay? And I know that I'm flipping the television when I'm off work and I come across MeTV and it was like 6.30 in the morning and every day until <laughs> what this year when they must've switched to time because I don't have cable, I would mm -hmm. watch Andy Andy Griffith show. I'm sorry. It would be at 6.30 in the morning. And then they started switching it to 2.30 in the afternoon. And it used to be the Andy Griffith show and Matlock. They would have mm -hmm. the Andy Griffith show and Matlock would come on. And I love Matlock too, as an adult. Like I liked it when I was a kid, you know, but I like it. it I can understand it as an adult. And <laughs> they moved it to, I read about two o'clock, 2.30. And I remember I used to watch it every day. It used to be Diagnosis Murder which I love, <laughs> uh, the Andy Griffith show, and then Matlock. I used to always have to leave for work 30 minutes into Matlock because it's an hour long show. Um, but so it was 6.30 in the morning and then it was like 2.30 in the afternoon. And until earlier this year, that's how it was. You know, well, before I started working from home. Um, and he's very good in Matlock too, as I'm sure you know. That yeah. The dude is, uh, again, he was a fantastic gifted actor. And you mm -hmm. kind of got the sense that that's who he was in real life because you would think there's no way in hell a person is that great at playing this character. Uh, mm -hmm. Matlock was a lot more, Matlock was just a little bit more sarcastic than Andy was. He had a bit of a bite to him every now and again. But mm -hmm. essentially, he was an aged up Andy Griffin, you know, <laughs> yeah. who'd experienced life. Opie's going off to fucking college or having his own family. Ain't these and that great big fucking bean pie bakery in the fucking sky. <laughs> and uh, 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 Barney Don Knotts' character is 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 off doing his own fucking thing with maybe a detective agency. Man, let me tell you when I realize. Let me tell something to you, pandemic babies. <laughs> I knew that he was a great actor when I saw the Andy Griffith show, and as when I became an adult, I knew he was a, a really great actor. I knew that he was a great actor when I watched as a kid and as an adult in different ways, obviously, Matlock. But mm -hmm. when I when, when I knew that Andy Griffith was a phenomenal actor, there is a movie he did, and he did it in, uh, it might have been like 1965 or 66. It was called mm -hmm. A Face in the Crowd. If you have not seen A Face in the Crowd, watch it. I will, mm -hmm. no, no spoilers, no spoilers, <laughs> right? But he is not Andy Griffith in that film. He mm -hmm. is not Andy, he's a guy named Lonesome, What's his name? Lonesome somebody. And he is not Andy Griffith. You are, if you haven't seen that film, you haven't seen that film, have you got? Nah. A Face in the Crowd. You can find it online. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. I've seen it maybe five or six times. Mm -hmm. You 
will be blown away by this man's performance. And that's saying mm -hmm. something. You're talking about how great of an actor he is at the Andy Griffith Show. Mm -hmm. A face in the crowd. It is it's going to knock your socks off. Mm -hmm. That's when I knew a movie I'd never heard of until a, a friend of mine 15 years ago named Mona, very <laughs> good friend of mine, mentioned it to me, family of mine, really, mentioned it to me. And she said she was uh, doing a master's program. And it was recommended to her that she watch A Face in the Crowd. And there were certain aspects of the film that she was going to do her thesis on or write a thesis or term paper, whatever it was. I think it might have been a thesis. And I sat down and I watched that film with her brother. <laughs> and it blew me away. And it blew her away, too. Mona, mm -hmm. wife, if you're hearing this, A Face in the Crowd, thank you for that recommendation. So I can recommend it to my brother here <laughs> and to anyone else who's listening to this particular cast of the main the main satellite. <laughs> Andy Griffith was a real powerhouse actor, man. Yeah, man. Just genial, kind, as you said in the Andy Griffith show, his character, the part he's portraying, he could have you being an asshole, understanding every bit as much as he does how much of an asshole you are, and you would feel shame. Mm -hmm. He would be uh, uh, willing or compelled to apologize. It's just a, it's a beautiful series. And yeah, I've, I've welled up looking at it. I have. I've laughed mm -hmm. a lot too. Don Knotts is phenomenal. Oh, man, I hate this fucking comedic. <laughs> yeah. I used to hear that thrown around a lot. Comedic mm -hmm. genius. Mm -hmm. He he was. He really was. Uh, he was, man. Mm -hmm. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. <laughs> and look. You know, you, hold on. You, you know uh who he looks looked like to me who mick jagger especially with the eyes and the, the eyes the lips mm -hmm. the the, mm -hmm. the 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 frame the body frame skinny yeah. as fuck skinny as hell gangly yeah they yeah. two they they're two white men that actually have lips mm -hmm. <laughs> look and don Knotts said it's it's legendary Mick Jagger's lips, right? But Don Knotts' lips were so fucking pronounced that you remember the animated? It was a, it was one of the first films that was done, and I, the Fantastic, what was the film? Fantastic Mister Something. It was mm -hmm. the, one of the first films when animation and live action were melded. This came. Oh, with, I know what you're talking about. I don't you know, know the name about? of it though. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And he was a fish and had the biggest motherfucking mm -hmm. lips ever. So it was obvious to the animators because they patterned his 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 image, this character's yeah. image, you know, after um uh Don Knotts' appearance. I wasn't thinking about the lips, but he did have some real fucking soup coolers on him and those eyes, boy. He mm -hmm. was truly a physical, it was a comedic genius. Mm -hmm. And what I find really, really cool about the Andy Griffith show and later on about Matlock is. You got the sense that the actors and actresses, which is, of course, this is their job, right? Were so great at what they did that they seemed that they were actual friends yeah. or family in real life. And that's what Don Knotts and Andy Griffith really were. Don mm -hmm. Knotts and Andy Griffith became such good friends. They were best friends and brothers that when uh, Andy Griffith was able to write his own ticket with Matlock, he called Don up and said, Don, come on over, man. I got a perfect part for you. <laughs> and invited him on to Matlock, mm. where he was essentially still Barney Fife. But who yeah. gives a fuck? Because he did it so well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
That's the kind of, and, and, and it's that kind of camaraderie we were talking about within our community right there mm-hmm. that we need to have more of. Mm-hmm. It's comfort food, man, the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah. It is. And and, yeah. and 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 if you, by the way, my brother, <laughs> have <laughs> never had the time or taken the time to sink into Matlock, get into Matlock, man. Keep that train going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We watch, we watch Matlock around the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right for the theme with that funky ass theme song, And that's that that <laughs> grandson will be watching it, or mommy or baby watching it. I heard that shit come on because it's instantly recognizable. I come flying. Mm-hmm. I used to love <laughs> and right from the theme song, man. It just is great. It's not too comedic, it's not too serious. It's just great, man. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. So this might be the second coming of Matlock for you. Go ahead on and get it on. Get on there, man. <laughs> Get get that in the rotation <laughs> with the Twilight Zone and the Outer Limits and Andy Griffith. Oh yeah, stick that in there. <laughs> yeah, the Golden yeah. Girls. Golden Girls. It was it was kind of the same thing. I didn't quite like it that much when I was a kid. Um, in this situation, it was it was on all the time at at my place. You know, my mom really liked the Golden Girls. My dad liked the Golden Girls too. And I just didn't, as a kid, I just didn't, I didn't get it. You know, I wanted to see some cartoons. TNA. Yeah. <laughs> TNA cartoons. Cartoons, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just didn't, yeah. Um, but now as an adult, it is, man, it's, it's, it's in the top, it's in the top five mm. best shows ever. Mm-hmm best tv series ever man and mm-hmm. and um those ladies <laughs> those ladies were phenomenal actors actresses um still have one with us today mm-hmm. um but they did an excellent job that that show as well has uh, had a lot of heartfelt mm-hmm. heartwarming moments and a whole lot of lessons um that it can teach someone mm-hmm. and um it's a classic. It is. What 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 can't you say about that show? It it had every fucking thing. It did. That that show has now now you you already know as long as you know me that I'm you already know about my <laughs> Golden Girls love. I loved it when I was a kid. Once again, Gramsci watched it. Um, most of us kids kids enjoyed it. Mama enjoyed it. And as I've gotten older, I've just learned how to appreciate it even more. I think it is a hilarious, even now, man, like my shit is worn out on Hulu. It's worn out. Um, it is still hilarious. Uh, it's one of those TV shows, of course, you got to give it up to the people who wrote, Susan Harris created it, and you got to give it up to the, the production company to put it together, the casting department, the uh, people who wrote it and scored it. But I got to say, man, the casting is a revel, it's a revel fucking lation. I cannot mm-hmm. picture four other actresses in those roles playing off one another so 
fucking well. They do it so mm-hmm. well. And it's not just in terms of the comedic aspects of the show, but also the dramatic aspects of the show. That show's made me cry mm-hmm. a few times. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, it's also made me laugh so hard that I was on the verge of pissing myself, you know? Um, but it's one of those shows, it's like um, the Cosby show or Martin. You, you, you understand that it was a stroke. It was lightning in a bottle to have mm-hmm. those four main actresses available at the right time and the right amount in terms of, uh, well, the right time. And yeah, with the right amount of talent to portray these characters because I cannot picture four other actresses playing those roles. I, I just I just can't. It's just so nah. fucking funny. And you are right. And it's impactful. And I was just watching an episode the other day about mm-hmm. uh, death. Uh, spoiler alert. So spoiler alert, dear <laughs> listeners. Spoiler alert. One of the characters, children, died. And uh, the character had a uh, difficult time dealing with it. And particularly if you lost family members who were close to you, that you love dearly and they love you dearly, that will hit you in the, in the stomach. It'll punch you in the right in the stomach. It'll rip your mm-hmm. heart out. It really will. That one episode, there are a few of them that are like that. Um, and they dealt, they dealt with, like you said, real life issues, aging, obviously, love, sex, friendship, family, you name it. You know what I'm saying? And then there were episodes mm-hmm. that were just so fucking ridiculous. You know, the teleplay, the people were teleplays like, fuck it, let's just throw something at the wall, see what, see what sticks. And it, even those episodes were hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant show. I would also say, you know, it's in one of my top five. You know, it's in one of my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent fucking show, man. It really is. And, and like you were saying earlier, what can't you say about it? Yeah, it Only it, one of them left. Oldest in the cast is the <laughs> only one that's still with us. Mm-hmm. The oldest of the lot. Um, also, something you mentioned before, before we move on. You said that you found um, something that was something you never could have said before. But <laughs> you know what I'm about to say. Hell yeah. That uh, Rue McClanahan's character Blanche was actually pretty, pretty sexy. She has some great legs and she mm-hmm. can move and all that. And that's something else I recognize. And this is a middle-aged woman over 50 years old because she's been acting since the 1960s. You know, mm-hmm. so she really was close to her character's age, give or take a couple of years. And she really mm-hmm. was very sexy, very attractive mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, great legs. They were all attractive in their own ways, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I remember seeing an interview with Betty White not too long ago. At, well, it was a while back after Ruben Clanahan um, died and they were very close friends. They were family, right? Most of the, the entire cast was, the main cast. And the person who was interviewing her asked, he said, Betty, how much, was, how much were you all like your characters? And she said, well, probably the one who was most like her character was Ruth because she was a, she was man hungry and she used to call her a man hungry nympho <laughs> like yeah. four or five times you know what I'm saying yeah but yeah. she said that's why she felt that she she could play the part so well because although she wasn't Blanche in a lot of ways she was Blanche mm-hmm. and um I don't know how many of our listeners now this is let just let you know I'm a big great big fucking golden girls geek right Originally, uh, Betty White auditioned for the role of Blanche and Blanche auditioned for the role of Betty White. But mm-hmm. both of them had played 
that type of character before. It was Sue Ann Nivens on the Mary Tyler Moore show, who was a nymph fucking maniac, right? And then it was uh, the sister, Betty White's sister, and 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 Thelma Hopper's sister on 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 uh, Mama's family, another great one, who was very naive and very cosseted and all of that. So they switched mm-hmm. the roles. The, the the casting directors are like, well, you know, casting people read for this role, Betty. Read for <laughs> this role, Rue, and and that was history that was made. Now mm-hmm. you can't think of those those women without thinking of those mm-hmm. characters, and I can't imagine uh-huh. them. Uh, being cast in the opposite direction, man. So, yeah, there's only one left, and 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 actually, she's about to be 100. 100 I think in January she'll be 100 years old. She's gonna mm-hmm. keep going, man. She's still mm-hmm. pretty sharp too, you know. Mm-hmm. Excellent fucking show. Excellent show. I know one of the biggest Golden Girls fans mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> <laughs> like they could, you know, you can you can cut on any episode right now, and they could just <laughs> just recite the lines. Mm-hmm as the shit is playing um kelly i know mm-hmm. she's i don't know who know another person who who likes the golden girls as, as much and it's surprising that that someone younger than us mm-hmm. really likes that show like that you know i, I know there are people out there who do that are younger mm-hmm. than us but personally i don't really know that many people younger than us that mm-hmm. have an appreciation for the golden girls like that a real appreciation for it. I said I wanted to mention one other show before. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin. Martin. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know many people that don't like. I don't know anybody who ever said they don't like Martin. Mm-hmm. The, the show. TV show. Um, it's uh, another classic. Another... Um, example of comedic genius yeah the martin was funny as hell he was insane he was ultra talented he had a lot of characters that he um (laughs) (laughs) brought to the screen and they all had different personalities a lot of times i would find myself not even thinking about martin Mm -hmm watching mm-hmm. these other characters mm-hmm. that are actually are Martin underneath the makeup and and uh um wardrobe mm-hmm. he did such a, a fantastic job that I was just lost in the performance and um that's an excellent show and it, it got to a point to where it, you know it started going downhill a little bit I think they were having some problems between him and um Tisha Campbell um started going downhill a little bit but before that happened like he was he was on his game mm. he was that was the shit yeah it still is the shit yeah I would say for maybe for me I would say as far as I'm concerned from season one to season three those were the golden years uh, mm-hmm. those are the the, the, the the fire as they say years on that show that was another show that was extremely well cast you know mm-hmm. um and to this day any episode i turn on I, i'm a guaranteed at least a few audible laughs from season one to season three and then it starts getting spotty after that right that dude um i don't know how his cast members managed to get through <laughs> a whole a whole taping with him they were all funny and very talented but i don't think i would have been able to get through an entire taping with him man i just 
I don't know Shit, that I would have ever they, made it. They were barely able to hold it together a lot of times. You yeah. Can, you can see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was uh, full. He was just filled with, 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 with fire, man. He was an inferno. <laughs> he was. And he, he couldn't get yeah. it all out, you know? Um, at first, I can remember at first there being only one or two additional characters he played, but as the series sort of hit its stride, they just kept adding characters because he needed always saw it as he needed more of he needed more outlets for his mm-hmm. genius, like to come out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and underneath the comedy, he's actually a really, really, really good actor. Mm-hmm. He's a really good actor, man. Um, like you, I would get lost in parts. There'd be shows that would focus mostly on later on on Shinene, for instance you know, or early on, on on his mama. And you would lose track of the fact that that's, I mean, you saw like with his mama, for instance. Mama Payne had a motherfucking, a full mustache. Tall as hell, full mustache. <laughs> they didn't try to hide it, which was genius, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't try to hide a mustache. And <laughs> you would forget that it's, it's Martin in there. Like, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Him and Shanene and Jerome are the characters that did it for me. That that just <laughs> he would be swallowed up in those characters, and you man, knew oh Otis man or Otis, uh, <laughs> you would see that you could tell he was having a good time. Him and his 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 uh, coworkers, his co-stars were having a really great time, and yeah, a lot of times they weren't they were barely able to hold it together. And I, one of my favorite things is from time to time I'll go on YouTube and I look at the blooper the blooper reels when they would just they would just let it go, let it fly. The um, guest stars just could not keep it together a lot of times. Uh, kid or play, which one was Kid? Kid was the the the, the lighter skin guy, right, with the box, the high top. Mm-hmm. They were um, he was couldn't keep it together. You had Biggie up there. Biggie couldn't fucking keep it together. You had so many other people on that show who were guest stars who just couldn't do it. And I would have loved. That's one of the shows, man. I would have loved to have been in a taping of like a live mm-hmm. taping of man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, excellent show. What streaming service is that on? Is that on Amazon Prime? I'm not sure, but it be coming on uh, BT. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know which B. I think it's BT. Her, mm-hmm. and just come on back to back to back like the Golden Girls comes on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, probably can turn on the TV now and episode to be on. Yeah, their shows. Uh, that I, the way that I always think of it, TV shows, sitcoms in particular, um, when I look at them, I think, and I mentioned this to you before, years and years ago, you just wish if you were an actor, you would have been able to get in on these particular ground floors because, <laughs> the, and the, the casting and the writing in particular, man. <laughs> Martin Martin is one of them, like it was lighting in a bottle. The Golden Girls was another one in terms of comedies. Everybody loves Raymond. I love that fucking show, man. I've always loved it. The casting is fucking perfect. Um, the Cosby show. You just know that the creators are all in the family. Good God. As the Jeffersons. Brilliant fucking shows, man. <laughs> and you just know that the creators knew that they struck gold. And they, they got the right people at the right time. And had the right writers on. And early, early Simpsons. I say from season one to season eight with the cast, the voice cast and the writers and Futurama and all those shows. But um, you just know that the people who are involved in them, who are creating this art are having a great time. And it was extremely obvious that Martin and his cast, his castmates were having a, a, a just a ball doing that show. Yo, can you imagine 
being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to put something like that together every fucking mm. week. Mm. You get to nah. go in and you be you 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 meet with these fat fantastic writers, directors, you meet with your cast who become your family in a lot of ways, the set people, uh just being paid to do that. Like it sounds like a dream. Mm-hmm. And when it, that's one of the things about Martin that was a little bit sad, actually was very sad when the problems began to occur with him and Tisha on set, which mm-hmm. they have now, you know, they're okay now. And uh, also when Martin was having, he had a nervous breakdown, I think. That's when mm-hmm. the quality of the show really started to slip. But I would say season one to season three, one of the greats for sure. Good shit. Gold. Platinum, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You make me want to watch a marathon <laughs> of, of, of these shows that you've mentioned and a couple of ones that I've mentioned. I've been on I've been on this at the moment, man. I'm on this Everybody Loves Raymond Kick. I watched that show for all 10 years. It was, it was on television. And I just love that fucking show. And now all of these shows and then the Kevin Hart thing, you the series and Wesley Snipes series. It's like I'm having... I'm adding all these things to my cues in my head, and when I'm off the, we're done doing this. I'm gonna jump right fucking on it, man. But it's it's there's great art out there, great yeah. art still being made now. I think the greatest art. I don't know. I won't say that it's took place in a bygone era, but certainly the uh, consistency of it mm-hmm. is has taken a dive, you know. Mm-hmm. And these shows are there for us at the moment in perpetuity. You know, um, I watched a friend of ours, Jennifer, who I call Sparks, sort of staying in the same vein, sent me a uh, a video through Forest Book Messenger yesterday, or a couple of days ago, and I just got around to watch it yesterday. And it's a a montage of the 80s, and it's set to, it might be a Cyndi Lauper song or a Michael Jackson song, whatever it is. And they're showing TV shows, clips of TV shows and movies, pretty much TV shows and movies and some music videos and stuff. And they had Michael Jackson and Cindy Lauper and, and they had um, uh, Prince and Eddie Murphy and Tom Cruise. And they had movies like The Doonies and, you know, all these 80s things, man. And they had, <laughs> excuse me, a little bit of everything in there. But what I kept noticing was they had they kept using Eddie Murphy and Michael Jackson. We had a lot more going on. I mean, they showed them quite a few times in these clips. We had a lot more going on in Black Entertainment than Michael Jackson and Eddie Murphy in the 80s, man. Mostly white movies and stuff that we really enjoyed, videos and songs and all of that, man. But we had a whole lot more than that. But beyond that, it was really great. So the 80s were also a great time in terms of consistency of quality entertainment. Um, then I said the 80s, 90s, maybe the early, well, it started slipping in the early 2000s and every now and again, you can find something that's great, but you know, it's not as consistent. They don't come along like that, like boom, 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 like they used to, you know. That's also in the 80s, in the early 90s, um, maybe the early 2000s when we didn't have a hard time getting together and, and black people in American entertainment, people with power and money and visibility and fame and influence we didn't have as hard of a time getting together then as we do now and putting on these great productions and things. And that's everything from televisions to movies to plays. Yes, these things are still occurring, but we don't really support one another in the way that we used to. We still do sometimes, and it's kind of difficult to find, for me anyway, 
but we don't do it the way we used to. And we need to get back to that, kind of going back to what we were talking about with Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes. We need to be more, as I said earlier, more insistent, more aggressive when it comes to that, because one thing we've learned over the last couple of years, for those of us who didn't already know, if we don't look after us, we're doomed. We have to band together and look after ourselves. And I'm not talking about <sighs> glory hogs like the folks we've mentioned on this show before, you know, the, the obvious, the regular culprits, I, I should say. I'm talking about folks who know that we are a an extended unit. We are a circuit. You know what I mean? We need to uh, be more on that. Now, you can find things like Insecure, which is a great show. Issa Rae, Issa Rae. You can find things like Atlanta, which is another great show. Um, the Wonder Years. The Wonder Years, which, by the way, have you been watching it? Yeah, that's excellent. It is a really good show, man. Yeah. I keep I keep uh, meaning to mention it up here. It always slips my mind, but luckily we're talking about uh, similar things now, but it's an excellent show. It's a uh, it definitely um, captures the mood of the times, mm-hmm. even though like they it's it's uh, set in the is it 60s, 70s, early 70s, I believe. Yeah. Um, even though we weren't around during that time, there's still some things that that bled into the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can still get that feeling. I like one of the things that I really enjoy because you and I haven't had we haven't spoken about that show often. Uh, you and I, but um, with one another about the show. Um, but one of the things that I find really cool about it is it is a reimagining of the original Wonder Years, uh, but it is not the original Wonder Years. I think that's really, really, really cool. Like all, about the only thing they have in common is a, a family. Um, and the show takes place during tumultuous times in America. Um, but it is black led, black written, black directed, and uh, 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 Fred Savage insisted that it happened that way. So that's really cool. He's directed an episode or two, but he insisted this is this is not the story of a white nuclear family in the sixties, late sixties, early seventies. This is the story of a black family a black unit nuclear family during this time period. And 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 it 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 it's I'm really surprised. I find myself surprised looking at it. I'm pretty much um, I'm caught up now uh with the episodes that have aired, how bold and brave uh they're allowed to be and it, how truthful they're allowed to be. And it's heartwarming as hell, man. It's very touching and it is um adequately written, well written, beyond adequate. And it is expertly acted and directed. I think that's a really, really good show. And I hope it lasts for a while, man. I do. I mean, too. It, it will be a classic. Are there any other Black shows that you can think of at the moment that are, like, exceptional, like Insecure or Atlanta or The Wonder Years at the moment that are on television or that are streaming? Mm, nah. You, you, I, I, I would have mentioned Insecure, but you just mentioned mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't think of anything else right now. I would love. <laughs> now we we have mentioned him, 
a few times uh, here, uh, beaming from the main satellite. But I would love to mention, I so want to mention Tyler Perry and his shows, and I know you know that's what I was going to say, um, being great quality, being timeless, being impactful. And I have attempted to watch, he's got like four shows on television, if not more than that, and they're all just low quality. Yes. And you said something that I was going to say Drek, but low quality is a better, <laughs> less shitty way uh, to say that. Um, have you given any of these shows a try? Nah, because the previews are just outrageous. It's low quality. Mm. And I'm, I'm being nice with, with that <laughs> description because I was going to say something else. <laughs> it's it ain't my cup of tea. <laughs> what? It ain't my cup of tea, what? man. What? Wait a minute. What were you gonna say? It's garbage. There's <laughs> a whole bunch of garbage, man. Reality TV type bullshit. It is all of the his shows, and I really have tried to watch them, man. The Opal, I think, is one of them, and then he's got two other shows that I try to watch, and I'm telling you. I couldn't get through episode one of any of them. Like I, I, I was, I just couldn't do it. You know, I didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, it is very reminiscent of reality television. It is all the worst stereotypes and excesses in the black American community. Mm -hmm. that, was, that which are explored on these shows. And it's a damn shame because Tyler Perry wields a tremendous uh, amount of power and influence in Hollywood. First things first, he's to, as we've mentioned here before, allow other people to come in and add their ideas, man. Allow other people to write teleplays, you know, and yeah. screenplays for the movies that he does because they all look and sound the same. And most of the actors and act actors and actresses are interchangeable. They they feel that way to me. Um, he's got the potential to have, I mean, he has an empire going on, but I'm talking about a reputable empire, like something that people are going to remember in 10 years. That's not Medea. <laughs> or House of Pain, you know. Hell, I would say House of Pain is his big show. And, and you know, uh, not to shit on a man's work, but that's not saying a whole lot. Damn. Damn, sure ain't. Get black actors, actresses, directors, and screenwriters, teleplay writers to get them in there. Let them in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hmm. um, well, hold on. You you asked uh, what Martin's streaming on. I just found out it's, it streams on um, HBO Max. There probably other streaming services that it streams on, but it's on HBO Max. All right. Um, yeah. I was trying to find um while while you were speaking, I was there's a there's a show that I want to check out. Um uh it's in the same vein as Insecure. Mm -hmm. Um and it's a it's a black guy who is the uh, main character. And mm -hmm. I, I think he's recently got a divorce or something and he's getting back out into the dating field or some shit like that. That's what I mm -hmm. gathered from the preview, mm -hmm. trying to find the name of it. Um, but I want to check that out. You know, since you know, I, I I I like insecure, so I probably would like that as well. 
Mm-hmm. And as soon as I find the name, I'll mention it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, that's not where you need to be able to me at the moment, but definitely mention it. Love <laughs> Life. That's the Love name life. of it. Yeah. Love Life. Love Let me see. Is that on Amazon? Is that on Prime? It's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Main main character's uh, name is uh William Jackson. Mm-hmm. Black black dude, William Jackson Harper. It's called Love Life. Yeah. That's okay. I need to check that out. Yeah. Check that I'm out. That that'll be going on my. <laughs> Hopefully, my it's good. I, it looks good. It ain't no damn Tyler Perry type shit. Let's hope not, because there's some creators, black creators, who have taken their lead from him, and they have put out similar uh, items of, of entertainment. Um, I really wish, man, that show. Here was another one that was really good, and Maria Brockhill who created the game and before that girlfriends created this show, which we love called uh, Love Is. I wish it had gone beyond one season, man. And that was a good show. That was a great series. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, it was about uh, a man and a woman coming together and, and they, 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 their hardships and families and personal issues and professional lives. It was very well written. Very well uh, acted. Great show. Loretta Devine was in it. You know, if you got her in a motherfucking show, that's it's going to be uh, the bee's knees. It's going to be great. Unfortunately, due to a uh, copyright, an alleged copyright infringement claim, the show was canceled, and I don't believe it'll be coming back. There was one thing in that show that we didn't like. Um, spur alerts. Spur alerts. For those who haven't seen it, would be um, the darkest sources trope in the black community and black entertainment. Very dark skinned man uh, chasing a very light skinned, a very light black woman. She was the prize to be attained. We didn't like that, but it's no, it's it's no, it's not an axe in the back of the actress who, who portrayed the girlfriend but they could have gotten a black actress like a, a, well an actress who was darker i should say she's a black woman to portray this character but that's the only complaint i ever had about it i thought it was a very sweet show i thought mm-hmm. it was um uh very heartfelt funny in some ways and true to life in other ways you know yeah that's how a thing man shows like insecure in atlanta don't come along that often I mean, to say shows that are great that we create that last, that aren't counseled before their time. Mm-hmm. Or that internal strike uh, doesn't rip the fuck apart or network issues and contract debates and faux pas don't destroy. So we need to value these shows when they're around. Issa Rae is, 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 is one to watch for sure. She's... um brilliant mm-hmm. a damn supernova nova talent mm-hmm. in hollywood yeah i remember um <laughs> i remember um her first series uh awkward black girl uh-huh that shit was fucking hilarious man um and i i kept hearing people talk about it 
Very funny. I remember when she started out, she started out on YouTube. Like, there are a lot of genuinely brilliant creators out in the world who start off online on YouTube, going back as far as MySpace. And I remember the first place I saw Awkward Black Girl was on YouTube. And I thought it was it's just brilliant. I thought it was funny as hell. Thought it was hilarious. And um, I also, honestly, if, I, if, if I'm being honest here, I was shocked that, not that she created it, but that she had as much creative control once it moved to television mm-hmm. or to the streaming. But she's retained total creative control, not just mm-hmm. over that, but over Insecure too, which and she's a black woman, even mm-hmm. in 2021. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I read an interview with her not too long ago because I think Insecure is in his last season. And she was saying that some of the studio execs were telling her, you need to, early on, you need to cast more white actors and actresses in this Mm -hmm. show because the general run of Americans who would watch something like this or the general audience, this is insecure on HBO, HBO audience, isn't going to be able to get into it. It's not going to be relatable to them. And she said she actually thought about it. She gave us the real thought until she thought, hold on. We already have an audience. We're already, uh, there's a meteoric situation going on here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There's a rise. Mm-hmm. I can write the kind of stories that I want to write and finger the sort of actors and actresses that I want to finger, directors, producers, scorers, designers. And if I'm true to, if I'm true to my artistic vision, I mean, the numbers are already telling, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to cave to uh, these ridiculous suggestions or soft demands mm-hmm. if she had changed it it wouldn't be what it is now right so this powerful brilliant creative black woman even when the numbers hbo was making money man like <laughs> buku as they say buku fucking money <laughs> off of her fucking creation and it still wasn't good enough <laughs> for these white execs because they felt that it wasn't going to be relatable. None of the characters would be relatable. The situations wouldn't be relatable. The truth mm-hmm. is though, it's a show about people who happen mm-hmm. to be black. We have all the same problems, joys, frustrations, careers, outlooks and perspectives that everybody else has. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, reading that interview, it made me think about, um, <laughs> that scene in Lean On Me when Joe uh, they had that assembly before they sat those those tests mm-hmm. and he was telling them these people think y'all are a bunch of crack babies thugs hoodlums and assholes criminals and the kids young adults were booing and everything and I can't I, I can't say exactly what he said, but he was like, but you can make lies out of those assholes, out of those bastards and X, Y, and Z, and Z, and Z, and the kids are all cheering and everything. And when I read that interview uh, and her speaking about that years ago, early on, that's what happened. It made me think about that. She made liars out of those bastards. Mm-hmm. And she is the queen of HBO. Now, mm-hmm. they have attempted to get her to extend the series, Mark. That's how mm-hmm. great it is, how lucrative mm-hmm. and how 
well known and re- renowned it is. Renowned it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciated, I should say. And they don't want her to leave. Mm-hmm. Some of these same execs were saying, well, it's not going to be relatable if you don't have white characters in it. And that, that right there, man, that's a lot of nerve. That's a whole lot of nerve. Yeah. And it is indicative of the sort of society we live in. Mm-hmm. Her show, her perspective, her creation, and it's already successful. And it's obvious it's going to grow even more successful. And imagine the audacity it takes to go to this black woman and say, well, it's not going to be all that. It's not going to be quite as relatable if it's just black people. But they didn't set it up with David Crane and Marta Kaufman when they created, and Kevin S. Brightman, they created Friends. Or to various other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sex in the City, uh, the creator wasn't can't have a black character in it. Well, it's not going to be or Asian or Latino, or whatever. It's not going to be as relatable. That's horseshit. I'm glad she stuck to her guns. I'm glad, as mm-hmm. Joe Clark said, she made lies out of those bastards and now they don't want her to go. And I'm pretty confident that they are plucking at her sleeve, begging for the next project. But she's leaving HBO. <laughs> like, she can have her own. This woman is so gifted and talented and intelligent, like brilliant. She can have her, if she plays the cars right, man, I see no reason why she couldn't have her own network. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she will. Move over, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> you have some competition. <laughs> friendly competition I'm sure also I think it's really cool uh, uh, that she made sure that the majority of all of the actors and actresses with maybe one exception the main characters are black right mm-hmm. and the production uh, uh, company she's going through is black it's a black creation people she's made specific requests for her cast and crew Right down to the dolly grip. B, I want black people. That is what we need more of right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've forgotten his name. What's I never can remember his name. I always want to call him Tyler the Creator, but that's not his name. Who did Atlanta? Who's doing Atlanta? Uh, shit. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Childish. Gambino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, I can't remember his real name at the moment. Well, didn't you know that it is his real (laughs) Real name? (laughs) He's got another, there's another name he goes by, but I can't recall what it is, man. Anymore than I can recall Childish Gambino. I always wanted to call him Tyler the Creator for some reason, even though I know that they're two very different people. But he's done something very similar to that. Uh, made sure that his people are Donald Glover. Donald Glover, damn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just between just between you and me and Nova, there's something I wanted to tell you. You might not have been aware of. You ready? Mm-hmm. Did you know that he is Danny Glover's son? <laughs> True story, man. Look it up. 
<laughs> look, look. I don't want to be. I don't want us to be one of those things. We look on the quarter one day, a year from now, or wherever, and have people say, "Well, I thought they said no." He is not actually gay. Uh, we don't start unfounded rumors and hearsay on the main satellite. But he might be a son. I'm just saying he might be a son. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it occurs to me that that's what we're doing. What like creating? We're creating, and mm-hmm. it is from a very, it's from a human perspective what it is we're doing. But and, and we are two men who happen to be black, but we're also black men. You know, um, there's more to us. Uh, than comedy. There's more to us than um, dramatics. There's more to us than soul food. There's more to us than being able to dance or sing or play basketball or football. There's more to us than diabetes. You know what I'm saying? We are like any other group of people, any other ethnic group, uh, a varied, multifaceted people. And that's what we're doing. As I said earlier, who tuned in today expecting to hear you speak, either one of us speak, about their affinity, his affinity, our affinity for the Andy Griffith Show, or the Golden Girls, or uh, uh, the Twilight Zone, or Everybody Loves Raymond, or Matlock, or any of these shows. We are as multifaceted as every other ethnic group on Earth. And I think a lot of times, even though it's obvious to us, people tend to forget that. Even people, even our own people, even our own people will forget that that we're more than than that. We are those things and we are everything. Yeah. You know, and that's what it is we're doing, man. That's important. Mm-hmm. It's very important, man. I hope that some little black kid, girl or boy, or adult. Older than us, you know, or of age, of an age with us can be inspired by what it is we're doing or can laugh or can be made to think or check something out they haven't checked out before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Give something a chance they either never heard of or they're just hearing of mm-hmm. by way of what we're doing. We are black creatives and we're men and we're not up here battling every day trying to establish whose dick is bigger. We're not up here fighting and screaming over sports, uh, <laughs> over over sex, pussy, conquest, money, prestige, popularity. Like, that's not what we do here. Mm-hmm. We're just being us. Yep. And we are men who happen to be black, but we are also black men. And those are different states of being if uh you were approached by donald glover or Issa ray or i know that there are other black creatives out there i, I, I was gonna say uh what's her name <laughs> uh she gave one good show what, what's her name uh lena 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 braithwaite mm-hmm. or what she's a lesbian she's black 
and uh, she did them. She was involved with them. Oh, she did do uh, one really great show um, that I really loved. It's called Boomerang, based on the '92 Murphy film. '92 or '93, I believe it was. Really good show, man. I think I liked it so much, but I really enjoyed it. Um, so she did that, and um, if I was going to mention her, but I know you ain't exactly a fan of her work. So if if Donna Glover came to you, or Issa Rae came to you, or or various other people came to you, black people who were geniuses and everything, and they were like, okay, you are not an actor. You are not a singer. You have not been professionally or classically trained to act. But we we think you have a look for one of our projects and we wanted to run for a couple of seasons. Having taken no acting class, would you accept? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you? In a heartbeat. Mm. <laughs> and I think I'd be a horrible actor, but damn <laughs> if I wouldn't give it a go. Right. I will give it a go, man. My memory is horrible with, with lines and things like that or whatever, man. But I will give it a go. Yeah. Think about that kind of opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. You might only be afforded an opportunity once in your life of that sort. Right. I would accept. Teach me. Teach me, <laughs> goddammit. I'm willing to fucking learn. Right. I'll lay off the sauce. I'll lay off whatever the fuck else I'm doing. Just get me in there. Because that's how a lot of people start off. Mm-hmm. They're not professionally trained classically trained they've never acted on broadway before anything like that on stage but they get in there and they learn martin wasn't a professionally trained actor i don't believe i know tupac was well i know he went to the new york school of, what, what was the school he went to some school of arts some school of arts uh but he wasn't the most experienced person in the world but look at what he was able to do you know mm-hmm. uh will smith wasn't a trained actor look at what he can do you know, given that sort of an opportunity, hell yes, I would take it. I would, and I would, I, honestly, man, this is me being very honest with myself and with you. I think I'd be an abysmal actor to begin <laughs> with, but that, but the financial freedom <laughs> that, that might potentially afford me, I think that that would uh, cause an improvement over time. Mm-hmm. And then you have actors and actresses, actors like Martin, for instance. You would have never known that he didn't act. He, he had no. never really, really acted before like that. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of what before Martin House Party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you would never know it because he was so such a genius. You know. Hmm. Um. Same thing goes to Will Smith. Same thing goes to Ray Romano. He never acted before Everybody Loves Raymond. He just he was a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. You know, given that kind of opportunity, man, hell yes, I would take it <laughs> and fuck up as much as I needed to fuck up to begin with and 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 move right into it. When we do uh, uh our next show, <laughs> we're gonna do the uh uh fuck, I'm forgetting his name as well, the football player. Cam Newton. Damn. Damn. Mm-hmm. I think I might have alcohol, alcoholics dementia or whatever the fuck. <laughs> getting way too much, man, these days. And uh, where can they find us next time, man? Our dear listeners. 
on the other side. <laughs> on the other fucking side. Thanks a lot. This has been to our listeners, those who are still sticking with us. I, I swear there are a lot of people who think that we're just a couple of just... As a matter of fact, you and I were, I said this last thing, I know that there are people in the world who are hearing this who think that we are a couple of jealous, vindictive, hate-filled haters. <laughs> We've been called that, haven't we, brother? Yeah. Because we are not interested in suckling at the teat of celebrity, mm. fame, power, wealth. You know what's ironic about that? Oh, what's that, that? Uh, those same type of people uh, who say those things or believe those things, they love villains, like mm-hmm. real life villains. Mm-hmm. They love them. They can't mm-hmm. get enough of them. <laughs> um, so if you love them, <laughs> you should love us. I don't see why you don't. You like villains. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know, fuck. We we villains. Love us. Just like you love them other motherfuckers. You know, I think there's the difference. We are not the only we're not wealthy villains. Mm. Yeah. We're not we're not wealthy villains, which means uh, we're not worthy of imitation. Yeah. Or or, or, <laughs> or, or, or publicly enjoying and liking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it could be another thing, God. You know what that is? What's that? That we aren't villains and we're decent fucking people who speak the goddamn truth mm-hmm. about villains and fucking villainy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you... See us, dear listeners, people of that sort as villains, then you can come on home. Come on. <laughs> Join us. Love us. <laughs> Love us. Right? Yeah, yeah. We what you want. We know what mm-hmm. you want. Yeah, we know what you want. Come on and get some. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. And we will see y'all on the other side. (laughs) Hell yeah. Until next time. Main satellite. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks. All right, good night, bro. Take it easy, bro. All right. All right.